How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Have you recovered from your shock of me arriving? Uh, honestly, I didn't actually appreciate that. When I told you to tap on the window, it was a joke, a la Jake Thackeray. Uh, come tipping you, through no, the daffodils, no, tap on the window. You literally texted me and said, you can come in through the window. I know, Rosemary, I literally text you all the time and you mm. consistently take me very literally. Like, yes, was it last night when every single question, I kept asking you questions that were like extremely rhetorical. Why is her hair so bad? Well, Beatrice, I think she's just been to the hairdresser and she's got her hair done. No, no, Rosemary, it wasn't an actual question. Like this well I think that they really fancy why each other why don't you tell the listeners what show we were talking about well Rosemary I'm not sure if you can get this highbrow cultural uh thing in Ireland <laughs> I'm sure you can I actually and listen in our defense I immediately went down the rabbit hole of googling all of them and stalking them all on the on their on the insta and I'd like to say that I also was questioning on I think her name is Heather Headley on her Instagram website she is the her lawyer Instagram website oh. granny. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> I wish everybody could see your stupid face oh, oh my god you just said the stupidest thing I've ever heard now it's my stupid face <laughs> the unbelievable bitchy side eye you immediately threw me what the hell I wasn't even thinking probably get to the point Clearly of my story not. excuse me was so sorry Heather woman. the lawyer on, <laughs> on her, her Instagram, Instagram website her Instagram website <laughs> <laughs> oh all hot now I think I'm going through a hot flash flush whatever surely I, you're only slightly too young for that oh only slightly thanks a lot oh, as Don likes to remind me people can go through the change age 30 yeah every single time I have I'm like even remotely hot or remotely bad tempered is this the change Must be a lot then and I go what change the change from married to divorced uh, no that's clever thanks it only works once though sadly and um, he doesn't even care anyway the least jealous pers- person I've ever met but that's a topic for another day anyway um, oh yeah Heather Headley I think that's her name mm-hmm. on her Instagram website had posted a picture that when I zoomed in and spent a lot of time examining who was in the frame I was like is this a giveaway? Like, is this a spoiler for next season? Or was I just not really paying attention because it is the kind of TV show you could easily skip over about half of and like miss nothing. Anyway, the TV show in question is called Sweet Magnolias. Or what was I calling it? The one that calling I, was, it, I was calling it Steel Magnolias for a while. No, I kept saying, what's that thing? And you were making fun of me for like pretending, thinking that I was pretending not to know the name of it. Although I really didn't trust me because you were well ahead of me and so I had on. given up. What was in the photo on her Instagram website? I can't tell you. Well, I can just go and look at it myself. You won't be able to. You won't be able to find it. It's, it's a separate site called... Anything you can find on the Instagram website, I can anyway, find on the Instagram website. Um, Sweet Magnolias. What was the point of this? Because we were texting back and forth and, you were, and I was taking you very oh, literally yes, and you were asking yes, questions. Oh, yes, yes. That's the TV show I was watching. And then, unfortunately, as you were trying to doze off, I was just really getting into the swing of things. You were, and I was, yeah. And I was... And I was dying And you were ahead up. of me. And you yeah. were ahead of me. So I was texting you because I couldn't believe. What was that amazing quote? It's like, what was it? I can't wait to wrap my mouth around this strawberry. Uh-huh. <laughs> there was the other one about, it's wetter than oh. a submarine with screen doors. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I was like, I don't know that people say that, do they? But like, there's, there's not a, a lot thing. of phrases in that show that what I'm was like, the other one? either they're trying to convince us that, that, that people in the South, like in Serenity, or is it Serendipity? What's the town it's called? Serenity. 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 <laughs> yeah. Not, not a patch on the actual Serenity, Joss no. Whedon's Serenity. Now that's, yeah, that's a winner now. Well, no, Sweet Magnolia is very entertaining. Oh, Sweet Magnolia is excellent. Two. And Bruce Jenner's lookalike doppelganger, hunk, alleged, and I use the term extremely loosely. I lose the term in the way that my granny used to. He's a hunk. And I'd always but be she like, she really believed he? it though, didn't she? Oh my God, yeah. She'd like pick the weirdest people. That's a desperate hunk. You'd be like, really? Maisie Murphy? Yeah. I don't remember that. He's a hunk. But oh. like she would say it, you know, about people that you were like in school with or in college with and people oh. that you had like zero... Always people who had a unibrow. <laughs> Very virile. This guy definitely had a unibrow, but he's plucked it. But like, you know what? Each to their own. No judgment. Always waxes. Oh, well, whatever. No judgment. Very, it's such, very it's such a weird show, isn't it? Because I mean, I look, I'm really enjoying it. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I also like. I mean, don't overthink it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but very like, religious, which I mean, I'm not a per- personally a very religious person, so I have to skip over that bit. But oh like, God, I the, find it interesting. The, the final scene really got me with the religion as well. Jeez, they all think. started praying. It was a bit like, oh, what? come on. Oh, well, I thought that was, we can't talk about that scene, but I thought that no, was no, ridiculous because no. like literally in that scene, there is no way you'd be standing there, you know, waiting. Like, stand here behind the cordon. Okay, no problem. Like, let me say a prayer. You'd be like, get out of my way so I can get over there to that thing. There is no way you'd be standing behind the cordon. Like, literally, that was, the rest no, of it was extremely believable. The no, the rest of it was extremely believable. And for anybody who's <laughs> going to watch it, the rest of it was highly credible. But this was the one moment that stretched my, it broke that, it broke that, you know. Uh, you know what? Like, that show is so innocent that the most scandalous thing that happens in the entire show is that, well, there are two scandal- scandalous things. I don't things. think it was innocent. There was a lot of heavy petting. Frottage. <laughs> no. Like the most scandalous thing is that some guy changes his shirt in another woman's driveway and then the whole town is like, I think I missed that scene as well. And then the other, like the the high school scandal is that one of the high schoolers gets drunk, sends a boy a like drunken voice memo and then that gets circulated around. That kind of resonated with me, I have to tell you that, like getting drunk and doing stupid things. But like that wouldn't have been... That would, that, that would would have been mortifying. No, no. But what I'm saying is, you would have done way stupider things than that. that I, was did mild. I did not. I did not. I didn't have, have a drink. To, yeah, well, exactly. I was trapped in the middle of nowhere in Kildare. <laughs> absolutely. I wished I could. And Mom did never introduce me to conditioner, so she kept me absolutely out of harm's way. <laughs> she, she basically that was her version of like chastity belt. Yeah, run exactly. Your head. Exactly. She knew full well that this conditioner was available to me in oh super quin shelves. She sent me a photograph of me today. Um, she said. Have you got these photographs? And I can't remember. One of them was something that I had got. And the other one was me at my confirmation in, in that little posed photograph, right? So I'm wearing white tights with that little secretary shift dress. And I literally have the worst hair. I'm just like, I have a little, I look like Justin Timberlake. But the thing is, bad you were, oh my God, I, should, oh, I was about to tell that story about Justin Bieber. But you're actually totally fine, right? Because like, you were lucky because you just, you benefited by comparison because literally it was like, what is it? What is it in the Goonies? Who's the guy who lives down in the basement who's chained up? You know, in the Goonies when they go, now he's actually really nice, right? But they like, he's the, the ultimate nightmare. They go down, the kids go down into the into the basement and they see one of the ki- one of the sons, like the massive giant son with curly, curly Mick Hook, of this. with curly Mick Hucknall hair. Like that was literally me. So like you would no go. No wonder and, you remember this. I know. So you would go in front and you would be tiny and slender and maybe wearing terrible clothes and maybe your hair was awful. But it didn't matter because then suddenly behind you came Quasimodo and everyone was like immediately distracted by this sight, right? 
Sure, I mean, for my confirmation, mom and I went around looking for our clothes. Yes, <laughs> went around and we went, we searched high and low looking, <laughs> shut up, looking for an outfit for me. And finally, poor, my poor patient mother, who also hates shopping, right? Except when she's shopping for you and I'll never forgive her for buying you that pair of diesel jeans that were 200 euro. And I still have a bee in my bonnet about it. And she now has turned it into an entirely different story. And they were 170 euros. Well, she's meanwhile turned it into an entirely different story. I did not. I bought you jeans the whole time. No, you didn't. There was not a single pair of jeans anywhere mass produced that fit me. Anyway. I was just supposed to say that. Were you? Yeah. Bitch. I was just going to say they wouldn't be long enough. Very leggy. (laughs) 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 Anyway. Go to Awear in the square and we so we went around the square, right? So shut up, right? Just stop staring at me with your mouth open. I was actually open. more shocked. I didn't think the square was open when you did your confirmation. No offence. Really? Yeah. Well, it was and it was new, right? Okay. And we were going around the square and we went finally down to Awear downstairs and I tried on loads of different clothes. Finally, I put on this beautiful pair of dungarees. Now, pattern fabric <laughs> dungarees. And they were lovely and I thought they were nice. And actually, you already posted this picture of me. <laughs> And did mom give me a polo neck as well to go with I it? Like you I had a polo neck I, on underneath. I mean, is that supposed, I think it might have been, was it blue or was it skin coloured? Either way, it was not flattering. I right? don't think it was skin coloured. Like, Jesus. an extremely large, smothered, genetically <laughs> enzyme producing individual does not need a polo neck to emphasise the fact that somebody's just said you might have goiter, right? The fat doctor. Anyway, not the fat doctor, the, the in, you know, the, the doctor, doctor of, of fat. fat. Exactly. The doctor of fat. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, I'm wearing this, I'm wearing this dungaree. Sounds and I was, like a Stephen King book. I know. That's a good one, actually. And I thought I was great. Stephen, we'd, we'll, take, we'll take royalties from that. And I thought I was cute, right? You I did. I cute. I felt great, right? And then I turned up at my communion and then turn Your around. Confirmation. 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 You're right. Turn around, sit down in the aisle, turn around and see one of my student, whatever, co-students, mothers, sashay in, looking like Kate Bush with the most beautiful pair of stilettos, like the most, you know, nipped in waist. Uh, She looked like Elizabeth Taylor, big black bush of beautiful hair and the exact same dungarees. And I just nearly died. She should have been made go home and change. I know, I know, I know. She should have. I, bl- I still, I, bl- I don't know why, but I blamed mom for that too. <laughs> poor mom. <laughs> oh, poor, poor mom me. is right. Do you remember mom? I mean, every episode, poor mom. Every episode ends up being about mom in, in, in some way. But do you remember mom used to be obsessed with trying to get us to change, like in the middle of the shop in Dunn's? Do you remember when she used to be like, go over there behind that rack and just try that on and then all of a sudden always on top of your clothes oh yeah yeah or like under your dress yeah yeah put that on just throw it on just throw it on there it's no big deal we don't need to queue for the fitting rooms just put that on but then there was a point and I was never quite sure when there was a point at which that was absolutely not acceptable because I remember when she came down to visit me in college and I tried to try on a pair of leggings under my dress and she was like (laughs) Rosemary (laughs) granted I was 20 but I was still like what you taught me this my whole life I actually don't think it lasted that long with me. Probably when I was like two times the height of the fitting racks, she was probably like, get into the fitting probably room. Like seven but I mean, but she herself, to be fair, has, I, I probably in her life has never gone into a fitting room willingly. Don't forget, like she doesn't try on clothes. I don't think I've ever seen her go into a fitting room. That's what I mean. Yeah, because, so, because she won't go, like she won't try things on in front of you. Yeah, so that's why she's probably thinks that she's sparing us the mortification that she feels in, this, in the fitting room where we're like, can we please just go behind that, like that, you know, curtain that is provided for this specific occasion. Right? 
poor mom. It won't fit me. (laughs) (laughs) Poor mom. Mom, I can't believe Rosemary's being so mean about you. But I haven't cursed yet. Oh, well, good one. Yeah, so back to my confirmation. So that was really, you know, another low, another physical low for me. But, you know, I think that it's interesting because I was, those are the friends that we were going to talk about today that I was thinking, isn't it interesting when you're in school and you have these extremely deep and intense friendships and as they like to say in America crushes and if you read Judy Bloom it's like your girl crush and your boy crush and I don't know that I ever thought in those terms I just was like these are my friends and I definitely had infatuations and was obsessed with some of them yeah. yeah you definitely did but I don't know that I ever had like a ton of I mean I know a lot of my girlfriends had gangs of girlfriends and I always felt kind of on the you you had a lot of you had a gang of girlfriends like you were definitely one of those. I I always had, I mean, I think I look back now and I go, I did have gangs of girlfriends, but at the time I always felt like I was on the periphery of those gangs. I never felt like I was really part of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, do you have many friends that you made in school that you're still friends with? Um, I mean, I have friends that I'm still in touch with, you know, like on occasion. I mean, I would feel super comfortable like texting them or asking them, Mm-mm. you know, how are you or checking in every now and then or yeah yeah you know I'm I'm connected to them but I'm not necessarily still super close with them but I think a lot of that is also because I left Ireland so yeah I definitely think and I mean and a lot of my friends in school also left Ireland I don't know why I was thinking about that talking about it with mom the other day like loads of my friends from secondary school aren't in Ireland I think actually Mm. or or they're not in like in in and around where we grew up well also because when you graduated from school and when you went into college, that was around the time of the recession, wasn't it as well? So like like when you, because I remember when you were thinking of studying architecture. No, it wasn't. It was before because the recession no, no, but, was 2008. But, but after you'd finished your college degree and stuff. That was 2001. So I'm saying no, oh. it was way before it. Oh, so yeah. it was way before. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I so. thought, no, no, but I thought a lot of them had left because of the no. recession. And stuff. No, no, oh, I think I think a lot of them left because they studied things that maybe weren't. I don't know. I think obviously because I worked, did fashion, right? Loads of people left because there's not a, you know, a massive fashion industry. Mm -hmm. Depends on what you, what you do, you know? Yeah. So I think a load of the people that I studied with went abroad. Now, some of them have gone back in the meantime, but actually loads of my friends ended up in Australia at the time. There was a big Mm -hmm. like outflux Mm -hmm. to Australia. I mean, I think mass exodus. Yeah. Still lots of people going now, but definitely at the time, loads and loads of people went and everybody went during the summer and for their, you know, for their like final year of college and final year of school and everything that was kind of the destination du jour yeah yeah but you know what I think as well because you left Ireland right after you did your degree that like the gang of girlfriends that I still have from school I think if I had not been in the country for our 20s we probably wouldn't be like that was almost a time where we were friends in school kind of because we were in the same school and because we were you know, by default, you're kind of like, well, I'm not with this gang and I'm not with this gang. So I kind of end up with this gang. And like, that's not to say that I don't like love them and like we don't all get on. But in your 20s, you then really cement your friendship in a way that you hadn't really in school. Do you know what I mean? And you um, get to know each other as adults. No, I, I don't. I don't know what you mean. Like genuinely, I don't like because I didn't do that. You know, I have one. Yeah. Fr- I have like Julie, the one friend you mentioned who I, you know, spent time with in my 20s, obviously. And so I but I think that's kind of a different friendship apart from what you're talking about. But I actually think that you make friends with the, your workplace, you know, in your 20s. Like, and you kind of didn't because you did in some, in some aspects. But yeah, yeah. like most of the places that I worked, because they were design, everybody was in their 20s. You know, and everybody yeah. was single. Everybody was in that like single, you know, early career. 
and everybody we all hung out together Doing we all went thing. out together whereas like yeah. you went to the Irish Times and I don't know that I mean I'm sure there are young people there like but I, I think there also are the more established you know there's people at all stages of their careers there mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. where I was literally everybody was either there were like two sets there was the design team was all super young and then you know the production teams were all kind of various ages but the design team just in every single place I went to and even now like even here the design team's all really young and they all hang out together and I'm not necessarily a part of that right now, mm-hmm. but also because I'm their manager. Not yeah. because I'm not young, right? No, that wasn't what I was thinking yeah, at all. exactly. Thanks. You look very young today. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. Um, when I started at the Irish Times, though, I think I was asked about six times, always by men, if I was an intern. Well, the other day, oh my God, there's this new thing in Walmart where if you go and check out for wine, you know the way here... No matter, oh, remember when I was in New York and mom and dad came to visit and they weren't allowed into the bar and they were literally had grey hair and they weren't allowed into the bar in New York. Because they didn't have their ID. Because they didn't have their ID and they were laughing and chuckling and they were all kind of like, oh, come on now, let us in. And your man's like, no, you're not allowed in, you have no ID. So like, I mean, I get it, but literally like nobody's going to look at them and think, are these 21 year olds with makeup on, right? That's not about to happen. <laughs> but I went to Walmart there the other day at your behest, at what, on your, upon your recommendation, should I say. Um, it is cheaper than Kroger. I, oh, it's much cheaper than Kroger. But I went anyway and I was like, you know, I really should go. Oh, it's a nightmare checking out though anyway. Like it takes 97 years yeah. and then I lost the will to live and then I yeah. wished I'd never gone. But anyway, I was checking out the alcohol and your man comes over, looks at my ID. Oh no, he didn't. This thing popped up on the screen. Because you know the way, if you're doing self-checkout, they mm-hmm. come over and they say like, can I have your ID? Oh yeah, yeah. It goes waiting for assistant or whatever. Yeah. So he comes over and he goes, um, can I have your can I have your ID? And he, and he goes, well, are you over 40? And I said, yeah. And this thing popped up, client over 40. And he just clicks. He didn't even ask to see my ID. And I'm like, I'm just barely over 40. I've just turned 41. And I was like, was so, I don't know. I did not feel like you know delighted I would have to say because also it was this massive question on the screen why are you laughing so hard well I'm I'm laughing mostly because you're like I'm barely over 40 you're almost two years over 40 <gasps> you were 41 you're we weren't just 41 but you're my point last is November. I'm not 60 was my point like there's a lot over 40 do you know what I mean like if you die at an average age of 78 and hopefully 102 right in America there's a there's a lower yeah lower life expectancy in America so you better get healthier Stop eating all those takeaways. But <laughs> how dare you? Says she who just had a takeaway tonight. <laughs> what takeaway did you have? I had Taj Mahal. I had, oh. I, had, I had Indian. It was grand. I wasn't in the mood. Oh, delish. It wasn't delish. I'm always in the mood. It wasn't, in, it wasn't delish. I always feel like... Do you have any oh, laughter? Like yeah, there's right loads. Now. I'll give you some. Oh. oh, I made you that pesto as well. I'll give you that. Oh, thanks. I oh, know you're lucky. Anyway. Well, I went to the doctor today and had to weigh myself... Yeah, I walked in and it's like, um, so when I bring Quill on to the vet in Dublin, she's now really you're used like, to it. You're now comparing yourself to yes. Quill on. She's now really used to it that she walks in, you open the door to, re- to reception and there's she a scale. She takes off everything she has on. And she <laughs> just hops up the scale and she just, <laughs> she just hops up on the scale automatically. And as I walked through the door, she went, there's a scale there to your right if you could just step up on that. So I'm like immediately trying to take off my shoes. No, no, I wasn't See, actually, that's what I meant. No, no, I wasn't. But it's 100% what I oh do. I'm like, I'm like, these seem like Weight very watchers, heavy earrings. Like, yeah, yeah. Weight Watchers <laughs> used to take off my earrings. I used to practically take out my belly button ring and be like, everything's coming out. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, oh, I hopped up on the scale today and I was a bit like, oh God. No. And then and then they made a follow-up appointment for me in two months. I don't know why. To go back for a follow-up appointment. To get you back on that scale to make sure you haven't exactly. had too many... That's what I was thinking. I was like, I better be good now. Did I tell you that Chance goes, my four-year-old, 
goes, he goes, what's that hole in your mouth, mom? And I said, oh, I had a, I had a, my, my lip pierced. And he goes, it is gross. Cover it up. He said that to me before and he made me put a plaster he on it. He made me put a plaster on it. So I had to walk around all morning. So I put it on like, he's going to hate this plaster. And he goes, that is a what better, mom. Keep that on because that thing is gross. So I had to wear it all morning. <laughs> well, you know, today um, I was I was driving Brandon's kids to school and all of a sudden William went to sing us a song, right? And for whatever reason, the only song I could think about was Sir Mix a lot. I like big butts, which is not even singing, it's rapping, which I should not be it's my ra- Irish. It's not rapping when you do it. <laughs> You're good at it though, go on. Anyway. Do so it. I start. No, no, do it. I'm not doing it. Go no, on, I'm do, not it. Doing it. <laughs> do it. No, Beatrice. Do a little bit of it. Just me here. <laughs> do it. We keep getting these messages from people going, please sing another Go song. Do it. Do They'll it. be so happy. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. When a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Want to pull up tough because you notice that butt looks stuffed. It ain't the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I want to get with you and take your picture. My homeboys tried to warn me, but that butt you got. And then I didn't sing the horny part. I went, da 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 wish that people could see you doing the tiny camera movement. I want to take your picture. And I thought it was going to be, I can't stop swearing. I was like, that'd be more appropriate for you instead of... Anyway, anyway. And when, and when I finished singing it, the two boys looked horrified. Like, we're like, oh my God, she was singing about butts. And I went, oh, I went stupidly. I wish I had a big butt. And what did they say? You do have a big butt. Silence. No. Silence speaks no, volumes they said, here. You do have a big butt. I oh, know I understood that. My silence. Oh. I was trying to be, oh, I was trying sorry. to be PC. Oh. But you know what? There's not big, bad, big, small. It's not good or bad. Right. No, you're the one who said that. It's not good or bad. Like, there's it's no... True. Do you know what I mean? There's no, we're not casting actually, judgment I here. I actually would rather have a big bum than Exactly. A small Look bum. at Kim Kardashian. It's done her no harm. Right? Oh, my God. We need to say something very, very highbrow today because now we've talked about Sweet Magnolias and Kim Kardashian. So this is bad. <laughs> Did we talk about Sweet Magnolias in this one or in the last one? Just now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know... In- in the episode about your career, the only cultural reference was like cultural was Hoods to the City, MTV's Excuse The City. Excuse me, Rosemary. Galliano was cultural. Oh, I know. But like, you know what I mean? Like something you'd have to look up, right? And then in my career one, there was not a single cultural oh, reference. Oh, good. That makes me feel better. Okay. So going back to friendships, but you, Rosemary, you, Rosemary, have many friends that you were actually in primary school with. I have many friends. You only have two. I know. Yeah. Well, it's true. But you have many friends with whom you were actually like who are still very close to you. I have I have two really close friends that I was in primary school mm-hmm. with. And actually one of them is the person that I would say I, w- I was obsessed with as a child. Oh, yeah. Roshi. And one of them is your Julie. And one of them, one of them is my Julie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Claire and Roisin. And actually, it's funny. I, I have found diaries now from from when I was like basically eight. And I've, I was excellent at writing. I have to tell, tell you, they were gripping. A gripping read. I was you're getting a tick in my eye I think (laughs) (laughs) and basically on a Monday it'd be like Claire's my best friend Roisin only cares about herself right Tuesday to be like me and Roisin are best friends does Roisin know about this oh yeah is Roisin gonna hear this for the first time now no no I'm 99.9% sure Roisin knows about this (gasps) Tuesday to be like uh, Roisin is my best friend Uh, Claire is really spoiled and boring 
And then the next day they'd be like, me and Claire and Roisin are going to be best friends forever. Oh it was literally this God. like constant so revolving it, uh, door. It was a stream of self-awareness is what it sounds like. It was, it was, a, love, <laughs> it was a love triangle. <laughs> Never once did it occur to me that they were best friends with each other and not oh, me though. Exactly. Point yeah. Or that maybe you were the boring spoiled one. No, I was the sun and they were rotating around me. Oh, in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind and in my diary. Oh my God. <laughs> and in my diary. <laughs> but you're still really good friends then. But like you've, yeah. you've had your ups and downs, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think in secondary school, like I think in secondary school, I was a total dick to Rosine because she got really popular and was in with the cool crowd and I was raging and felt like really abandoned. Even though at the same time, I had become really good friends with other girls like Emma and Lynn and Emer and we all hung out together. I think you're not supposed to name people, but Rosemary, I'd also I say like... I if I'm not being bad about it. But I also would think like, and, you know, don't take this the wrong way. Genuinely don't. Your eyeballs always start to, like, get bigger. Listen, no, there no. is no <laughs> sentence that starts with, don't take take this the no, wrong way. No. That is not going to elicit an no. eyeball, like, spasm. <laughs> Go on. Don't no, take this the wrong way. What is Don't it? take this the wrong way. But I was going to say, but don't say it me again. too, right? Like, me too. Hashtag me too. But me too... You can't say I hashtag know, that was me too like that. That was inappropriate. Sorry. But also, like... The fact that you're like, she was in the cool crowd, like you were never in the cool crowd. I don't know. I mean, oh, no, no, no I don't know. No, yeah, and I, I don't know. mean that badly, but I mean, like, that's what makes you unique. You know what I mean? That is that is your brand, like, so to speak. That is who you are. Loser. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean, literally, I had this conversation with somebody the other day about work and I said, like, OK, I've been extremely successful, right? I'm very successful, like not to. I don't know. I don't mean this that. again. No, but I more mean, but I've never, but I've never been the favorite. Now, sorry, again, I'm sure people are like, this one is obsessed. obsessed like, I'm using the, the wrong term. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, like I've worked at a load of places with really famous people where they have this gang of four or five people. Pets. pets yeah. You yeah. know, and I look at those pets and I go, what is the difference between this pet and me? And the difference is that the pet sits there and fawns and is like very sycophantic in his or her behavior. And I'm like, Really? Like, I don't think, you know, even yeah. though I would have loved very often, desperately loved to have been the pet because like the pets got flown to, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Abu Dhabi and like the, the Mediterranean. Were, and the pets were Emily Blunt in The Devil Precisely, right? Yeah. And and I was you certainly were not. Tucci. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd say I was not your woman, Anna Hathaway, by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> you bitch. Don't you the best character in the oh, whole thing? Well, thanks. Thanks. No, I was more like, I was one of those table decorations <laughs> when they got the awards. Ceremony. I was actually probably her shit boyfriend. <laughs> Why can't you pay attention to me? You're supposed to be my best friend. <laughs> It's only taken 35 years for this like self-awareness to finally come to fruition. I think actually since I stopped going to therapy. Like, I this is therapy. I'm your therapist. No, no, no. I'm giving you tough love. <laughs> what I was going to say is, when I went to therapy, it really, really helped me see like other people's perspectives and that like a lot of my insecurities were actually because other people had problems. And a lot of my problems were really because other people were insane. What were their problems? They were like really they popular. Were- <laughs> No, they were insensitive and like didn't understand me. And since I stopped going to therapy, I'm realizing more and more maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> That's 
what's my entire problem since with I you going, going to therapy. therapy slash since I started this hanging out with you. I mean, right? It's like he's just not that into you. Wasn't that the oh conversation we were having? I was telling, I was talking to Ellen. Um, <laughs> I was talking to Ellen the other day, and I said to her, "Oh, Beatrice was given out to me because um, she said she Beatrice said that I given out to she me. said that I kept saying this is my truth, and she was like, oh my god, you did you say that? You did." And you absolutely denied that last week. Because I that do not remember this at all. time last year. Oh my god, sorry. When fake news started, you kept huffing around this house. The first time you were staying here, you kept huffing around. Every time we'd have a fight, you would go, "You know, you can deny my feelings if you want, but this is my truth." And I would say to Don, "What the fuck? Like, this is the whole problem of fake news." I was like, "There is no your truth and my truth. There's facts and not facts." No, but there's also feelings. There are feelings and there's perception, but you can't say like this feeling makes the truth not like a different truth. The truth is the truth. No, but like, say, like, say if you're saying, it's hard to, hard to think that because I can't think of any, what would that, these arguments were no, about. No, no, exactly. Because A, you couldn't believe you ever said it. And now you can't believe that you weren't extremely logical when you said it. You weren't. And you kept, literally, we would have an argument and I would go, no, seriously, like, that's what this, you know, I meant this. And you'd go, well, this is my truth. Oh, so like, yeah, yeah, but that's perception. So like you saying... I meant it like this and I'm like well no, I heard it Rosemary, like this. I don't remember the actual conversation but oh. the point is you kept saying this is my truth and, the, and I kept saying there is only one truth no matter how you want to interpret it or perceive it the truth is this yes, and you kept but, yeah, but you kept okay anyway let's but Beatrice, Beatrice <laughs> if we're thinking about memory like who's to say whose truth is well, correct well Rosemary you're who's me- to say where the nobody's truth is? memory is correct because if you ever read that book The Memory Palace which I would like to tell you it's not called The Memory Palace I have it out there somewhere it's actually oh this is a good book it's a really good book and it's about this writer what's who just, it called? I can't remember <laughs> I can't remember but the really funny part is <laughs> it's about building a memory palace right and it's I think a New York Times writer or a somebody writer and they were really really fascinated a with the somebody fact somebody writer listen there, he was really really fascinated with the fact I think it was a guy <laughs> he was really really fascinated with I, I got the gist of it basically I, he was really, really fascinated with the fact that there are actually memory competitions, like where people go up against each other and they talk about like all the, like they literally spout out all the things they can remember. Right. And it's all about how you can build a memory palace. And, you know, you visit it, you have to visit it in your mind, like an actual house and you have to put things in your memory palace, like as if I'm in Don's office and you have to spend time like actually visualizing. First, you empty out the office and then you fill it with the things that you're trying to remember. And they're not like, I'm not trying to remember this book, you know what I mean? But you're trying to remember a specific thing. You put it up on the shelf and then you remember that it's there, okay, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. So you really like this, right? So I was like, that book was brilliant, right? And it was really good. Genuinely, I was recommending it to And everybody. you don't remember what room you put the book no, in? No, I don't remember what room I put a book in or what it was called. A year later, I'm sitting on the couch. I've just been to Barnes & Noble and I'm reading this oh, book. God. And I'm like, I'm like, this book seems familiar. <laughs> I bought it twice because <laughs> I've totally forgotten that I read it. <laughs> A ringing endorsement, if ever I heard one. Want to improve your memory? Read this book that Beatrice can't remember the name of, the author of, and which she read and then rebought in Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I couldn't. I was like, this is actually embarrassing. <laughs> that is embarrassing. Speaking of memory palaces. You know who was on to me today to deny the oh. croissant story? <laughs> you two are ridiculous. That 
is not what happened. I was mildly disappointed and then I got over mildly it. Mildly disappointed. Even Julie remembers this as like, oh, that was the one time your mom was nuts. Sorry, mom. Sorry, Julie. I don't know. That's not a direct quote. I'm paraphrasing. Mom doesn't have a memory palace. She has a memory boulangerie. <laughs> just full of disappointing Panzo <laughs> chocolate. Oh my God. Poor mom. Ridiculous. But back to friendship. Oh yeah. <laughs> I want to tell you about the first big, I mean, Roisin, I would have thought at the time was you the first. You can't keep naming people. I can because I'm not saying anything bad about her, only about myself now that oh. I've started going to you therapy as opposed to proper therapy. <laughs> now all I do is criticize myself. So. Oh, but you know what? When I went to do that like psychometric testing, she told me I had she was like, well, you know, first of all, I like to say she was like, hey, you did scored really high and everything. No, she didn't say that. She was like, you scored this and this and you scored that. And she goes, but you have an extraordinarily high level of self-abasement, which I think is very Irish potentially. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I, and I was and I and she was like, that is, you know, she's like, this is really something you need to look at. You know, you're, you're oh, yeah, very self-abasing. Yeah. yeah, but and I was like, oh. But I, I honestly do think it's a cultural thing. Like, I, I truly don't think... I mean, I think I also have that, you know, having grown up as an extremely, as everybody now knows, like, man-eating giant as the as jolly... A, as an enzyme-rich <laughs> teenager. <laughs> I thought it was deficient. An enzyme-rich. Sounds gross. As an enzyme-rich... You didn't have yes. a memory palace. You had an enzyme palace. You're right. As an enzyme-rich... I don't even know. Preteen, yes. As the as oh, the like dead weight. <gasps> I was. <laughs> I was. Poor sorry. Hagrid. Can I get back to the point? Oh yes, sorry. So before I was rudely interrupted by you telling me not to name people that I was saying nice things about. In secondary school, I would have thought, oh, Roshan used to be my great friend and now we've had a huge falling out. But actually, we then kind of rekindled and now we're really good friends. And when I look back at it now, I'm more like we kind of grew apart for a couple of years and then we grew back together again. But when I was in secondary school, I also became really, really good friends with somebody who I won't name. More for, I mean, like for both of us, but it doesn't even matter. But we became, we had one of these like really intense friendships where I was literally like, oh my God, best friends. We like, we do everything together. We love each other so much. We blah, blah, blah. For about a year. Mm-hmm. And then she started dating this guy that I didn't get on with. And he didn't really like me and I didn't really like him. And I remember at one point saying to her on the phone, he's, you know, he's always really rude to me and you need to tell him to be nice to me, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why, like, even at the age of whatever, 15, I'm like, it's this woman's responsibility to make this man behave. Why? But anyway, I mean. No, but I mean, but there's also an acceptance of, like, I was actually about to say to you, what do you do if your friend does date somebody you hate, right? Because, oh like, gosh, there is also. So hard. I mean, there's also a tacit, not tacit, there's an, like, a, a, an overt acceptance of, like, I'm fine with you treating my friend like crap. What does that say about you? Mm. What message does that send to you? Well, well, like, that's kind of how I thought about it at the time. And I remember I called her and I had this conversation and she basically told me that I was jealous. Which I, which I really wasn't. Because like I like literally I find it interesting the way people always go there. It's like there's no actual mm. conversation to be had or problem. I mean, I told you, did I mention that in my one of my when I told I, I went to one of my hate to the HR team once. It wasn't like a relationship, but it was about somebody that I worked with. And I was I, lit, I mean, more fool me at the time thinking that HR like and I actually mm. think HR is great, right? Like a great function and, you know, lots of really very talented people. And I couldn't do it myself. I always thought I'd be great at it, but I'd be crap because I also get a terrible nervous fit of the giggles when I have to tell anybody bad (laughs) news and hysterical yawning, which you've noticed when I get nervous. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I went anyway. I said, I said to you, one in HR, I was like, I have like, can you give me some tips? I'm having kind of I know you've worked with this person for years and I'm having, you know, issues 
kind of navigating a decent relationship with them can you give me some tips and it was really all very proactive and I spent months thinking like how will I go what will I say because I was really just trying to figure out a good relationship with this Mm. person listen the problem is I've talked about you with this person and you're just jealous and you're never going to be that person and I was like the HR person said this to you yeah yeah and I was literally like I this is so far from but like the fact that to your point this was their, their truth I was actually so taken aback you know like why is that people's reaction? You're jealous. Is it just an easy... Do they really believe it, do you think? I think they believed it. I think, yeah. I think a lot of the time people believe... I mean, it comes up an awful lot, not to bring everything back to bloggers, but it comes up an awful lot with any criticism of somebody online. It kind of goes... Yeah, you're just jealous. Yeah, they're just jealous. I think in the case of bloggers, there is a nugget of truth in it because I think when people criticise them, they're like, you're, say, working a job that like maybe you like, right? but you're working 50 hours a week and it's difficult. And then you see this blogger getting this like case full of YSL lipsticks and working what looks like 10 hours a week and you think it looks really easy. And so you're kind of, not that you necessarily want to be a blogger, but you are kind of going, well, why I think are you more, getting all this and I'm not? I you think it's I mean? more dismissive of like, that's not really a job, right? Why are you getting this stuff? But I also think yeah. you, I noticed when you, I mean, and you still do put yourself out there, but when you were more engaged in that whole scene, like you're a very honest to a fault as our mother would say she's always like what is she going to say now like I honestly think this podcast has her like teetering on the edge of a nervous breakdown she used to be very nervous when I was on midday well she's very nervous now as well and I'm like I'm I'm like listen I'm not going to say anything bad can't like vouch for Rosemary but I'm I'm you're safe with me right and uh I think you know you're you are very honest and there were a couple of times where you would say can't believe those people are earning 15 grand you know can't and and it was more like I'm I'm a little bit envious and that's a normal human emotion and I admit it. And I think that's very you, like you're very much, you're very, you're very into that transparency. And it is a normal human emotion, but most people don't admit that stuff. And so I think mm-hmm. that comes across sometimes as like, I think that has not, you know, served you well, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is interesting because I think you're right. Like we are all envious of each other. And I often go like, you know, there are certain, you know, we all have our own people who know me very well. Are like God. She's obsessed with that one. Like there are one or two people where I'm like this one. You know, like my arch nemesis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I mean they're not really my. And I'm always like I'm not jealous. I'm, you you know what I mean. You know the author Roxanne Gay. Cultural reference. I follow her on Twitter, and she's always talking about her nemesis, and she's like once again like not celebrating a success of my nemesis today. And I'm like, oh my God, who is it? Are you really also like, like I, I love wouldn't you. Know who it was. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, mean yeah. the other day my. I mean, I don't want to call her my, my arch nemesis anyway, posted about her birthday. And I immediately texted my friend. I was like, is she really this young? <laughs> I'm like, why? But I mean, literally everything. She, I'm like, does she really need to? Is she really eating that cupcake? You know what I mean? Like, no matter what she does, like she can't win. God there used love to her. be a great Instagram account called You Did Not Eat That, which in hindsight was probably very skinny shaming. But I did used to really because because he, he used to just put a pictures of like supermodels posing with a slice of pizza, like just you know just about to eat this enormous, and you'd be like, you uh, but I mean, that. honest to God, like every interview you read as well, just meeting up with you know insert oh, Jennifer Lawrence, insert skinny um, starved like, model here, stuffs three bags of McDonald's French yeah. fries in her mouth while we're talking. Yeah. yeah, so refreshing to see you know that she really eats so healthy. You're like as. If. You know, after I went to the doctor today, I was feeling so sorry for myself because I had to get two shots. Not one, but two. I had to get a tetanus shot and a shot for my headache, which actually seems to have oh. gone, but only in the last like, 30 minutes. But you know what? That's called therapy. 
Anyway, I treated myself to a McDonald's afterwards. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Well, I mean, honestly. After I got weighed and got the two shots, I was like, well, listen, I deserve this. One of the jobs that I worked at, are, you know, they used to host luncheons for extremely famous people, right? And they would be ushered in through the private elevator. It wasn't JCPenney, the private elevator. No, do you remember last time I said oh, yeah, like yeah, JCPenney yeah, yeah. had the elevator? Because that was in Dallas. Like all the celebs were not flying down there. They were all in New York. And so anyway, they would be ushered in the private elevator and they would be ushered up to the luncheon room. And then they're, you know, they'd all sit down and eat. And actually it was the same in Milan when I, when I lived there. But all these celebs would come. And I remember one celeb, celebrity came and everybody was really, you know, like craning their neck to keep it, you know, to get a look at her. And it was like she had lunch and, and lunch lasted about one second. It was like, what did she have? We just had a bowl of lettuce. She requested no dressing, no other vegetables, just literally a bowl of lettuce. And she ate like two leaves of lettuce. And I was going, that is my problem. You know what? In hindsight... I definitely wasn't jealous of my friend's boyfriend, but I was jealous of the bond that they were forging when when I was basically like, you're my soulmate. You know, that's an interesting one though, but that's an interesting one because I don't think that, I think that I have had issues in the past with friends of mine who definitely resented the boyfriends that I had and made it difficult for me to have boyfriends, you know, or made Mm. it difficult for me to have those relationships, like made it uncomfortable, like you're bringing your boyfriend to a party or you're bringing, but I mean, I probably have also, I mean, I've been very aware of friends who the minute they get a boyfriend only want like to hang out with that boyfriend you're you among them that like it's impossible I know stop rolling your eyes it, but it's impossible to ever see them then again apart from that boyfriend you know and it's not that like yeah yeah, yeah. it's not that you don't like the boyfriend or you're not willing to for the three of you to go no, out and but hang it's out. just you're like where's the space for our friendship yeah exactly because, because your friendship is you know our you friendship value exists with, too? with yeah. you and me not you and me and him exactly yeah and it's like but I think it's hard actually to go back to steel magnolias it's not what it's called sweet magnolias I do actually appreciate their female friendship in this TV show because I don't think it's not like Sex and the City where the friendship was an easy thing like in this show they all have lives and relationships and other drama right like Mm -hmm. suit and and other hunks you know sashaying in and out of their lives and in some cases multiple hunks sashaying in and out of their lives you know and I'm just like oh just like my life just Mm -hmm. like Fort Wayne for Rosemary just like Fort Wayne for Rosemary just like Fort Wayne Mm -hmm. Except they're all wearing skinnier jeans. No, and they have kids. Magnolias. Oh, yeah. Would you know, are they? I don't know. I actually didn't oh, know. I don't, wouldn't say that their dress sl- sense is slightly looking, better. It's slightly better than Fort Wayne. Rosemary, you need to take That's that back. That's a low bar. You need to take that back, Rosemary. It's not that it's slightly better than Fort Wayne. There is just a bootcut jean trend among the American males of the Midwest. It's not a Fort Wayne thing. It's like there is an Amer- there is a bootcut male jean trend that is has trend? not... E- Mm, habit that has not <laughs> that has not left you know what I mean that doesn't really exist as much in Europe yeah. like, but also th- think about like the trend I mean I used to be shocked because <clears throat> when I moved to Milan like how many men had extremely tight and not like cool skinny you know lower east side tight jeans but like tight high-waisted skinny belted jeans they and love I was a Dolce and Gabbana yeah jeans right and it was always yeah. a little bit I remember shocking. being shocked by the right? fashion on the men in Milan you know, I love telling this story on podcast. I think I've told it about 20 times at this stage. I met a guy who used to work as a buyer for Jack and Jones. And he was telling me that Ireland is the only country in Europe where they still sell bootcut jeans. Because they took them out of the Irish stores and the Irish men just stopped shopping there. Well, I mean, and that is why you love Fort Wayne. Because Ireland is the only place, but in order to be able to mass produce enough of them to keep them at an affordable price, they provide, the, they fit out, the, they outfit all the males in the Midwest of America. Right? In the American Midwest. 
Remember that guy that I went on the date with and he was wearing boot cut jeans and sandals? Do I remember what? The Jesus sandals, the boot cut <laughs> jeans, the the long, what's his name? The Brett Michaels Rock of Love oh, hair. yeah, there was a bit. It of, wasn't even, it was more was like. a bit of a mullet going on. It was more like that guy. What was that TV show we watched? Love Island. This is really, we're screwed. This is bad. We're Love going Island, bad. Love Island, Sunset. No, the one where you made me watch the one where they were like. Oh, too hot to handle. Too, no, was it? The one where they're on the island and like the, and they weren't allowed to touch each other. Yeah, yeah, too hot to handle. It was terrible. I'd like to say in my defense, I only watched one episode and then didn't watch any more. And then Rosemary watched. Sorry, all the rest Beatrice. Of it. Like it's hardly like you're you're literally just watching the Discovery Channel the rest of the time. We've talked about Sweet Magnolias, <laughs> Smothered, your obsession. You've mentioned that you've basically seen every episode of CSI ever. So, Excuse me, Law and Order. CSI's Grant. Law and Order. Oh, Law and Order. Law Fine. and Order. How dare you? I'm trying to think what else. Oh, and Criminal Minds. I watched all of Criminal yeah, Minds. Yeah, but like my point is. You like you don't need to be ashamed or too hard to handle. Oh no, but I mean all of these are bad. And the, you know you you know how you know they're bad is because I watch them and I love them, right? And the minute Don comes into the room, I immediately my shoulders start like my hackles start to raise. I'm like leave because this is not, you know, I am not proud that I am watching this. I'm like leave. This is embarrassing. Although I did watch a really good thing that I was like sit down. It's like when I'm like sit down beside me. That's when you know it was must this be unsolved smart. mysteries. No, that, that was quite that was good. good. Yeah. No, the one diagnosis. It was on um, Netflix. I think it was in the New York Times diagnosis. You know, the doctor who writes on the New York Times about like weird. Oh, my God. I was in floods of tears. I think there were only about six episodes. And it's about like weird diseases that, you know, and what she does is she crowdsources solutions. So she like writes and says, I have a patient with these symptoms and this and this. And she's gone to X, Y, Z doctors and she can't find a cure. And then people from all over the world submit their theories or their like yeah and Mm. loads of them are doctors like some of them are like i'm a surgeon and you know whatever or i'm a specialist and some they were so moving but also so interesting how some people like once they got the diagnosis didn't pursue treatment it was almost like i i don't actually want the cure that i thought i want Mm. you know but some of them were so sad because some of them were like there is no cure like this is terminal it was and like some of them were kids i was so sad i was in floods of tears it was not cathartic i had a massive headache afterwards sounds awful yeah, but it was amazing. It was actually excellent. It was amazing to see the power of the internet like harnessed for something so, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Important, productive like, important. and important. Yeah, 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 it was amazing. To to get back to my friend oh, that yeah. I fell out with, I just want to tell you one more thing about it. After we fell out, like, like we, we properly... After that phone call, we were never friends ever again. And we still... Like, we were obviously still in school together. We still had some shared friends. And then there was like, I felt really bad... Like, I felt really shit because I was like, oh, I feel like they've chosen her, even though I think they were just in more classes with her. So they ended up, you know what I mean? They ended up naturally hanging out a bit more. And I was like, oh, my God, they've totally chosen sides and they've chosen her side. Anyway, in the years after we'd fallen out, she ended up dating, I think, two or three or like kissing in school, right? Two or three guys that I had previously either kissed or like been boyfriend and girlfriend with for three weeks or four weeks or whatever. And I was convinced like throughout school I was like she's doing this on purpose she's literally just like going after guys that I've kissed or the guys that I liked to kind of prove that you know like that like she can get them ultimately kind of thing you know that like she can make them like her more than they ever liked me right like like I was obsessed I was literally like oh my god like who's she gonna kiss now elaborate thoughts literally were you this is what my mother would call projection anyway this was you projecting your there were literally there were literally three three boys who I either kissed or like had as my school boyfriend. Okay, but ha- you she had ended up- all the school boyfriends. Oh my boyfriends. God, stop. <laughs> you the point had is- all the school boyfriends. Shut up and let me finish. The point is, 
approximately six years ago, we reconnected on Facebook and we went for a drink, me and her. And we didn't actually really talk, like, we didn't talk about our friendship having broken down. We just kind of caught up more like, like, how are you? What have you been doing? Because obviously we were in school together, so we knew of each other and knew what we were doing up to a certain point. And then we just kind of drift, you know, like, well, like we weren't in each other's orbit. But we met up for a drink and she said to me, oh, you know, I actually met somebody who I think you know. I met this guy on Tinder and I think you went to college with him and he's a guy that I had dated in college. And it was so funny because when we went for that drink, I was like, oh my God, you weren't actually after like guys that I've been with. We just have the exact same shit taste. Oh, yeah, it was nice. I know. And he ended up being a dick to her as well. He was a dick. Well, I I don't know. I'm trying to think who I ever fell out with like friends. I mean, I feel like nobody's ever actually fallen out with me. No, it's total lie. No, I've I tried. I, no, no, no. Shut up. Actually, that reminds me, because you remember like when I when I first lived in Milan and stuff and I'd come home and you were an absolute arsehole. And afterwards you told me that you were like punishing me for for leaving you in your mind, right? No, I didn't tell That's you. That's what you said. You said, no, princess, I, I missed oh you. Oh <laughs> my God. I didn't tell you I was punishing you. What I said was that I had talked about this with my therapist and oh, talked about, sake. oh my God. Oh, sorry. You sorry. need to be fucking supportive. <laughs> I talked to my therapist a lot about our relationship and how I, how I found it really difficult growing up and how when I was a kid, like I always wanted to hang out with you, but obviously you were then six or like seven years older than me. Six. Thank and you. And a half. Thank you. Years older than me. And like you obviously didn't want your little sister coming and playing with you and your friends or like your little sister hanging out with you and your mates all the time. And I always want, like I thought you were really cool. Actually more, I thought your friends were really cool to be honest. I know. And I actually feel like, you know, you did play, play with Pelay. Oh my God, I'm actually losing the ability to speak and I'm getting so Thank irate. God. I, <laughs> you did play with us all the time. You were always in my room. You were always in my toys. You were like literally always there. And you seemed delighted about it. I was delighted. But obviously I felt like, Basically, what my ther- the, the conclusion that my therapist and I came to that she was like, well, if you as a child went through these years where you were kind of trying to be friends with her and you felt rejected, that then when you're older, you might find it difficult. So that was what I, I meant. I mean, I'm not actually, not you know, I'm not actually you. genuinely, you know, rejecting everything your therapist ever said. Obviously, she's a qualified individual and I'm not, you know, in this sphere. But like, it seems weird to me that a therapist is saying to you, this is what I think. I thought a therapist is supposed to nod and look comfortingly no, at you. No, so she wouldn't and say. And maybe have so, transference with you. No, transference. That's what I read. I'd also like to say, I thought this would be a good moment to say that I was actually so close to you because I know you're going to get to this story sooner or later. So I thought I would just get it out there in the open before you have the opportunity to humiliate me with it. We were so close that one time when we were playing, I fell on you and broke a bone in your back. Okay, and it was true love and we were playing together behind the couch I, I would was, like to say I was a, I could not speak. I was a toddler. That's, I was like crawling. Aged eight was spending time with you, you loving aged you. Eight, enzyme rich giant. <laughs> we're so sitting. Mean. We're basically pretending no. I was a little horse. No, no, no. You that's were what crawling, I heard. and I was crawling on top of you like the way. No, that sounds really bad. <laughs> the way like a baby crawls and the big person crawls big behind person. the baby. <laughs> Okay, imagine a baby and then imagine a giant. BFG. (laughs) Baby's crawling and the giant's crawling on top of it. Beatrice friendly giant. How can this go wrong? (laughs) Yeah, she broke a bone in my back. Poor Poor mom. Poor me. Poor mom. Her giant eight-year-old tried to kill her baby. Imagine how bad I felt. Can you imagine how bad I I still remember we got driven to the hospital by dad's friend, because I don't know where dad was, maybe in Germany buying you Laura. And... 
I remember. I even remember. Like, I remember nothing Nora about anything doll, ever, as I just told you about the memory palace. I remember nothing. This is seared in my memory that we went to the hospital. I don't know what happened next. <laughs> Could they not even afford to have for a fucking ambulance? What? An ambulance? You weren't dying. You were just... You had a... T- it was a, a teeny bone. bone in my it back. Was- I might never have walked again. <laughs> my entire gymnastics career could have been snatched away from me just like that. You would have loved that being wheeled around all the time. You'd like it. <laughs> I used to see when I when I lived in town. You used to see a lot of babies being wheeled around eating McDonald's, and I was always so jealous. Babies in buggies eating McDonald's. And you know what? I was so judgmental when you tell me that. I'd be like, "Who'd give a baby McDonald's?" And I'm like, "Is anybody up for a drive through? How the mighty have fallen!" Now you're like, "Look at the baby sucking out of that coke." It's <laughs> true. You weapon. Well, I never anticipated you'd be posting pictures of it, but whatever. Anyway, what was I saying before that? I think I was actually talking. Oh. <laughs> you were <laughs> you were saying that that I admitted that I was punishing you for, oh, for yeah, my but it. I wasn't. I was you just were. saying you that in hindsight. No, you did say oh that to me. Gosh. That's what you said. You said I was punishing you for being like really popular and no. No, I wasn't really popular. But anyway, I was away and I used to, I remember I used to come back and I, and it's hard like when you live away, you know, not to play the tiniest violin, but it's hard because when you come back, you're super excited to be back mm-hmm. for the 10 days and you think, you know, that everybody's going to drop everything and they are excited genuinely to see you, but they're also like, great to see you. I've got to go to work tomorrow mm-hmm. or great to mm-hmm. see you, you know. I mean, and also I was like in my early 20s, so I, I don't know that I had as much time to reflect on it and also to have guests. I never really had guests, so I didn't know that like also having guests is exhausting, right? But not for yeah. you. You were just a dick. Because I do remember it. No, and seriously, like, don't make that face. Because seriously. Are you going to talk again about the time that I agreed to drive yes. someone somewhere? No, no, no. It wasn't the time. You literally had zero time for me. I'd be like, are we going to go and do something? Well, tomorrow I'm seeing Susan. Are we going to go here? Well, and then the, like absolute nadir of all of this was, is that the correct pronunciation? Nadir. Nadir. Nadar? Definitely not Nada. You stared at me. I was like, I was just okay, going the ultimate low point. Okay, I was. You know what I was actually thinking? What? I was like, Beatrice fucking needs therapy to get over this. <laughs> actually, you know what? This has made me think that maybe I do need to have therapy to get over this idea of like not being. But I mean, also. Maybe I'm okay with not being the favourite. I'm not, mom. I'm not. Oh, actually, my God. Sorry. Actually, Everything like isn't say... about you being the favourite. Oh. You need therapy to get over oh. this. Like, Rosemary was a dick to me. Oh, you were, maybe I, yeah, Maybe I was. Oh, no, you were. Okay. I was. I was a dick. No. But we all need to move on from it at some oh, point. No, I'd like to. Well, we haven't even gotten to it yet. Anyway, <sighs> and I said, like, let's go ahead and let's have dinner or whatever. And you're like, oh, no. I have to go and drive Susie's younger sister's cousin's roommate to wherever it was what it's called what's that cinema the one miles away I fucking have no clue I don't know the one where like TJ Maxx was Dundrum yeah to Dundrum you're like I can't and we never got to hang out the entire trip I was home because you were busy doing like bringing other people places you had no time for me but that actually reminds me about mom so the other day I got a beautiful bouquet of flowers delivered here right Mm mm-hmm now I'd also like to say as an aside and we can post a picture later on that they were very weirdly sprayed And this was apparently, according to a good, well-informed colleague of mine who used to work in a florist shop, Tracy, she said, on occasion, when the flowers don't look their healthiest, you give them a slight airbrush. And she herself was shocked. She worked in a florist after college and she was or during college. And she was shocked when the first like when she was first told to, like, give those roses a spray. So she did anyway. But like this was paint. 
Yeah, but this was like beyond sprayed, right? These were full on sprayed. This we was can, full on like art attack. Yeah, this this was and yeah. even I mean even some of the leaves had a little bit of spray and there was a very hefty smell of aerosol. Formaldehyde. I mean now the flowers themselves were beautiful moms, so thanks a million. Anyway, the card says to mom, I was delighted. Rosemary would happen to be here. Perfect timing. Up in arms. Where are my flowers? I text mom. Mom, got the flowers. They're so beautiful. When are, when, are, are no, these no, only no, for me? Said, I said Rosemary's said raging. raging. Yeah, yeah. She writes back, too bad. What did she no, say? No, no, she said, unfortunate. Oh, yeah. Her day will come. Yeah. I was delighted. Should have seen her face. The cat who Smuggy got the cream. Smuggo. Yes. Yeah, so happy. And then and I said, are you really not getting ready? And she goes, no. She goes, these are just for you. Then I got home. What was on my doorstep? Beautiful flowers. Not a bit of spray paint. Tiny bit of spray paint. Not a bit of spray tiny paint. Tiny bit on that tiny not spray at the front. No. You. No way. Not a bit of spray paint. <laughs> I text These mom anyway and I go. all natural. Shut up. I go question mark, question mark, exclamation point. Can't believe you told me lies that Rosemary got these flowers. She writes back. Are you joking? Did you think I would only send flowers to you? <gasps> she said as, as if I would send flowers yes. to you and not Rosemary. Yes. <laughs> So maybe I should go to therapy. Maybe this is my, maybe this Grand Marnier is my therapy. <laughs> it's, also, it's actually not. It's only because I've no My therapist left. would say no to this. <laughs> That's not agreed, your therapy. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Anyway, I was trying to think of people that I fell out with. And I mean, I did. I fell out with, I had a really good friend in my 20s who I, I did not fall out with her. And actually, I think, I think back and Don always tells me, and you can disagree with this, and I'm sure people will listen to this and roll their eyes. But Don always tells me I'm too forgiving which makes me sound like a very sweet person I don't think that's what he means I think he more like I do do an awful lot of well you know they didn't really mean it and I don't think they're trying to rationalize other people's bad behavior basically um I don't know if I'm trying to rationalize it it's more I'm kind of like I I'm I'm all about the benefit of the doubt you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like I don't think they meant it and if they meant it on occasion there are one or two people who get zero benefit of the doubt right but like the majority of people doesn't matter if they meant it how did it feel to you? Well, I know what how was my truth. What was yeah, my, exactly. That's not how I live. I don't live with my truth. I live with the truth. And anyway, this in particular individual like did a couple of things that in hindsight, I look back now and I go, those were disgraceful behaviors, like right, mm-hmm. really bad, like really sneaky and behind my back and did a lot of things that wasn't honest with me, like hung out with people like we actually lived together for a while and, you know, hung out with people and like told me she was somewhere else and like all this stuff that like wasn't even it was her issues you know entirely her like issues. wouldn't have been a big deal no, except I for there was you're like why would you lie about yeah, that? yeah and yeah. I, I found out like after like I'd find out in these weird settings where somebody would go oh it was so great to see her the other, last week when she was hanging out with so-and-so and I'd go oh I thought she was you know at the dentist she, yeah at the dentist oh no she was at a party you know she'd go to mm-hmm. parties and not tell me she'd get invitations to people's houses and and go and have dinner and like it was generally with like people that she admired or respected, like, you know, more celebrity-esque kind okay, of, yeah, yeah. not celebrities per se, but people that she thought was connected or that she thought were connected or people that she was impressed by, you know? And like, do you think it was that she didn't want to have to invite you? Or like, would she have had to invite you? No, in a lot of these scenarios. Um, no, but I do think there was an, an element of competition that she felt okay. that I did not feel because also there were, uh, there were times where, you know, some of it was like, we were both looking for jobs at the time. And, there, mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of these people that we were, nearly all the people that we were hanging around with were connected, were employed. So it was, yeah, so and it was I kind think of it was a networking a bit like, thing. Yeah, if you, if you come, then I'll have to, you, you know, then you'll they might also like get you that more. connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, okay, I get that. And I don't think they would have ever liked me more because, as I already said, I'm incapable of doing that sucking up thing. You know, and I actually think she was a good. Ah, no, but you're very funny. Oh, thanks, Rosemary. It's really awkward. I'm really nice to you in a way that you don't deserve. You know what I was just thinking before you started that story, though? 
I was thinking when they make a My Favourite Murder episode about the murder that I commit of you, <laughs> they'll have all these podcasts to look back on and be like, she was really pushed. She was really, she must have been in a rage. They'll be like, it was my it. least favourite murder. But they'll be like, because we really liked that girl. <laughs> and, and, but uh, they'll be like, but it sounds like she really couldn't defend herself against her smaller, younger <laughs> sister. Her, her smaller, very compact because and muscular sister. Because I think we've sister. already spoken about the NC. But I'd also like to talk about the, the nipple what? cripple, Rosemary. Oh, or what did somebody call it here? The titty twister. Wasn't that a comment? <laughs> also known as a titty twister. <laughs> but there was also the time recently that I don't know that I actually oh went gosh, into. No, where What actually happened? Was I doing a jigsaw? Innocently I'm, doing a jigsaw, no, I think. No, 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 no. <laughs> you were standing in the kitchen. And no, you were we were in the dining room, Rosemary. No, no. Because oh. because we we, we we wrestled each other like alligators <laughs> over to the dining was room. Was that when I was doing my Russian accent and we were like, glow? <laughs> you had just said something about how you loved the feeling of ice. Oh! Do you remember that was it? And I was trying to put an ice cube down your back. Oh, yes. And you just you just don't know when to stop. And that's your problem. You just, you're like, as grandpa said, full belly tricks. You don't know when to stop. Right? And the ice you cube. Know, you know when I would have stopped? When? when the ice cube was in your fucking pants. That's all I wanted. It was in my pants. No, I think it fell through I still my had shorts. It. No, I still had it in my oh. hand. Oh. And then you got my hands behind my back, right? <laughs> Bent me over. Basically wrestling you really bad. And then I, I was, gave you a normal, like, no, no. as you do a defensive <laughs> kick in the crotch. Was, right? No, no, hang on. I was standing behind her. And then all of a sudden your heel came up. Towards my crotch. What, do you mean? what, what were you did expecting? I do? You had my Beatrice, hands. My two Beatrice. appendages were tied. Sorry, Beatrice. What were you expecting? All I have left was going towards my crotch. Are two feet. One of <laughs> them has to stay on the ground. <laughs> my so thighs snapped. Oh my god! Like, like a, a vice. <laughs> I can't even. It was literally like what if Arnold like Schwar- What if the Rock? Oh, no, actually, that'd be so much nicer. What if oh, Arnold imagine, Schwarzenegger? What if you're wrestling the Rock? No, no, we weren't. That's not what we were doing. No, that was not wrestling the rock by any stretch of the imagination. I was wrestling with the imagination. I'm like, the rock. (laughs) You're welcome. Oh, God. No, anyway, she grabs the foot in the vice. My legs snapped shut. It was before the moment. I was protecting my punani. Before the moment of impact. It wasn't even a hard kick because I was aware of my own strength after those enzyme lessons. You have no aware of my own strength. And I literally, and after I broke your back, actually maybe this was revenge. And then I plummeted forward. And not only did I land on my kneecap, which I think anybody who's ever fallen on their kneecap will know that is the singular most painful thing ever. She also knocked over the baby. Knocked over, I knocked over the baby. Your heft falling to the ground knocked over the baby. knocked over the baby. knocked over the baby. If you hadn't been there, the baby wouldn't have fallen over. It was your body hitting the baby I'd that like caused any him to fall lawyers over. who are listening to tell me. Actually, you know what? I would like any lawyers who are listening, if they agree with me, to tell Beatrice. me that I was Rosemary. <laughs> if this was a car accident, right? And I had bumped into you from behind and your car had then bumped the baby. It would be your fault. It is the impact, the car that makes the impact. So your body... Rosemary, is a car, you, an SUV, excuse I would me. say. If I was in my car and you wrapped your hands around the steering wheel and then scissored your legs in to the clutch and no. the brake and then we bumped the baby, is that no. still my fault? <laughs> I don't think so. If, if I was in I my car so. and you attempted to rear-end me and I... Why are you making this sound so innuendo Whatever. Right. If I was in my car and you attempted to bump me on the, on the side of my car and I swung my steering wheel back shoved your car away and then your car hit the baby that would be your fault i 
Your car is the one that hit the baby. Stop pointing at me. The baby was fine. Listen, the baby was actually crying. The baby was absolutely. He was shocked. The baby was shocked. Beatrice was crying. I was then absolutely shocked. Dare you? You were. Hitting your kneecap I cried. is very sore. Nobody would blame I cried you. a lot, but oh satisfyingly, gosh. my kneecap swelled up and oh my went God, it did. black and, and then blue. she refused any offer of mm-hmm. like, no, like I was not. like some I, ice? She was like, no, was no, I want Tylenol this to swell up as no, much yes, as possible. No Tylenol and no ice going near this and thing. And then for it the next was, week, she's like, look at what you did Yeah, and we were out by the pool on a daily basis. Look at what you did to it me. Was, it was agony limping up and down, let me tell you. Agony. You're, you've lost all sympathy. We were out by our pool. I was agonized. It was very painful. The girls were there. We were all swimming. <laughs> For anybody who has not yet read, the Egmont mother said it's listened, an excellent listened book. Listened to Lady oh, yeah. in Waiting, My Life in the Shadow of the Crown by... How can I remember this by... Uh, you have a good memory. I'm literally like, that book oh I my read, God. It, I think it had a blue cover. No, I, I can't remember her name. Now. It's something like like Anne Thurisbottom. It's like very fancy. Oh, it's not no Thurisbottom. Uh, Higginbottom? Mm, or like, like Whittacombe or something. Anyway... Lady Anne in Waiting is not. Anne no, no, is somebody no, else. It's not Anne Whittacombe, but like, Lady in Waiting, My Life in the Shadow of the Crown, about a woman who was a lady in waiting. Uh, Anne Glen Connor is her oh name. Oh my God, very good. And I listened to it on Audible and she has the best accent. But like, if you listen to it on Audible, she's definitely like in her 90s and there's a couple of moments where she does a big cough and you're definitely, <laughs> I definitely like, oh Jesus, she's not going to make it to chapter 11. She made the whole I way through. I wonder though, seriously, like, would you actually want to be a lady in waiting? No. I mean, no, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be. so shit. And like, I don't think they got paid. But I mean, you don't need to because you're quote unquote aristocracy. But like she in the end, Rosemary had no money. The the vicinity, the proximity to the queen is your payment. The vicinity to the queen. The prox- you're losing it. <laughs> the proximity. It's like you, Rosemary. The proximity to me is your payment. Well, actually, there the is no proximity. proximity. There is no proximity actually, because we're any proximity to each other seems to only result in injury. To my to injury, sadly, you what? Have I you, broken back. You? Oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Anyway, to fast forward to this, to go back, actually, to rewind to my story about my friend. Is there any point in either of us? Like, is, is there any point of us doing doing topics for these episodes? We should just like sit down and talk about nothing. Oh. Talk, excuse me. No, You've I got know. To tell I all know. your stories, no, and I'm no, telling no, my no, story no. now. I'm, I absolutely want to hear the end of your story, but I'm just like, we're not going to stick to the topic. Anyway, we are very good at sticking to the topic. I guarantee you, those ladies in waiting were all friends. Anyway, so back to rewind back to your, this story I was telling you. Anyway, so so she was like going out and being a bit weird about all these things. Very weird. In I mean, it turns out I didn't know at the time, right? And then I went off, and I I can't remember what happened exactly, but. She wasn't, she went on holidays. And while she was on holidays, a job opened up in the company that I was working with. I told a friend of mine and my friend ended up getting the job. And this first, this former friend was so enraged by this. Mm. I mean, she wasn't, you know, it, it wouldn't have been a good fit for her. It wasn't her like experience. Specialty. But I mean, I get that, you know, I did feel at the time, like I did wonder while she wasn't there, should I have called her? But this other one was a much better fit, you know, and she was there, like my friend was on holidays. Mm. And, and I, you know, maybe... Maybe deep down I was, I did feel a bit, I mean, I actually don't think that I felt, I, I don't think I thought I was, you know, doing a tit for tat. But I do think that it, maybe I felt at the time that I didn't owe her as much as I but would have you, owed like, somebody else. Okay, so you knew at this stage about her, like that she'd been lying about going for dinner yes, with this person. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. So, I mean, but I don't think, I it really, I I genuinely don't think it was malicious. I, I don't think I had no, any malicious No, but like, not malicious a tit for intent. tat. And like, like it, it doesn't have to be malicious for you to 
therefore feel like you are less good friends. And, no, and I didn't feel less... like I was less good friends. I just felt like I was less obliged. I didn't feel a yeah. massive like, obligation. You don't owe anything. But I did maybe feel a little bit of guilt because I mean, I, I thought that she would want to know about it. But again, she wasn't suitable for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this other friend ended up getting the job and your woman never spoke to either one of us ever again. Like ever again. I mean, I reached out multiple times and I still, I actually still regret it. And I still kind of, you know, wonder, could we, you know, did we need to fall out, etc. But I mean, it, you know, it's life. Like, I think that's the funny mm. thing is that you go on and you, and you just, you make different friends, but your friends at that period of your time, of, of your life, like growing up and, and college and school are so much different to the friends that I have now because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because the amount of time, like you can just spend a day, you can spend a weekend, you can spend weeks just kind of hanging out, doing nothing and just sort of being together and, and having that level of comfort that you can't have now, like, if I meet With somebody, newer friends. Yeah, yeah, if I meet somebody, yeah. you know, mom's convinced I'm going to meet people in the um, school line or in school. I'm telling you, I'm not because apart from anything else, you, you have to drop them off. You know, you have to go in your You're car not and all drop them off. Yeah, you don't yeah, get yeah, to yeah, actually yeah. meet them. Yeah. Well, I mean, and apart from anything else now, it's like, you know, COVID. But yeah. even before in America, I think it's a bit different. So I thought, you know, the people you meet are through work or whatever. But even now, like you've kids and you, you know, when, you, when, you, when do you really meet and when do you have an opportunity? And it's, I think it's really, it's different because... There's a, a level of comfort. And also in Ireland, there's also generally some, you know, seven degrees of separation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know someone who knows someone who knows someone. Yeah. You know, when I, last year, when I decided to move here, I think it was probably the second time I came over, I came over for three months while I was working on my visa application, trying to figure everything out. I joined Bumble BFF, which is like online dating, but for friends. You love online dating, it turns I, out. I, I love online dating. Well, I really like meeting new people. Uh, in general and online dating but I joined Bubble BFF because I was like the, like this might be a really good way to meet people but it's actually so like it's really difficult like I found it really really weird shopping for friends yeah in a way that I never found it weird doing it with online dating because because you look at it and you're like oh I like the look of that guy I like like I don't like the look of that guy I would fancy him I wouldn't fancy him he is a Republican like we're not going to get on right yeah so like politics maybe you can kind of weed out and go, okay, like, you know, I'm not probably not going to love the, the like, Christian Republican oh, really, women. Because didn't um, that person who had the uh, bootcut jeans and the Jesus sandals also support um, maybe a Republican mindset, I believe? He said he hadn't voted for Trump. Oh. But anyway, he might have been a Republican. But you know what, Rosemary, Republican, I mean, it's fine, but I'm just more saying, like, I don't know that you did weed people out by their politics no but what i'm saying is republican or democrat i'm just saying it's fine sorry my point was more when you're trying to trying to make friends you're not weeding women out based on what they look like no i know i get that the way you might be with with online dating so like there are certain acceptable ways to weed people out like politics for example yes if you're somebody who's like i got it yeah i got it this this is another case of like what do you mean okay no no I, i got it so but then I met up with this one woman who I'm, I'm still, we're like, we still have, I guess what I would call like a tentative friendship. You're semi-courting. Yeah. As in like, we kind of still mess with her. But we went for lunch one day and it was like, it's just such a weird thing that you don't do. Like you don't meet people for friend dates. Yeah. Like you make friends because you work together or like maybe in Ireland because your kids go to the same school and you end up talking to each yeah. other or... I'd like to say I met you know. a really great friend of mine, like who's now one of my really great friends. I mean, we don't talk all the time because she's in New York and I'm here, but we met on a rooftop in New York and we bonded over our shared love of law and order. So it served me well, as it turned out. 
Well, maybe someday you'll meet a woman on a rooftop and bond over your shared love of smothered. My God, it actually <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I have to say I'm conflicted over smothered with, you know, the like it's it's a bit voyeuristic. But at the same the time, the second season did feel a bit. Um, oh, the second one for sure. The second one I'm, I'm not really into. The fir- But the first one, you know, even so, it's a bit voyeuristic because you're like, I don't know that these people are fully like in super healthy relationships. And then I'm also like, whatever, it's TV. But I mean, it's not it's pe- real people's lives. I would really like you to watch Selling Sunset. I know you would. I I feel like we could really bond over I know, that. I only watch really hyper smart things, so I'm not sure about that. Right Selling now, Sunset is smarter than smart. Well, when I finish watching Rita, I'll think about it. <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry, what, what, what is that? It's an excellent TV show from a country I'm not 100% sure of. One of the Nordics. Yes, exactly. And it's a kind of a comedic thing about a Rita, who she's a school, she's a very, very anti Oh, you're just saying the name Rita? Yeah. Oh. anti-establishment teacher and she's excellent and I love her I think I'm on season 5 I mean season 5 just came out it's brilliant anyway so on that note on that note um, I'm trying to on think on that note what? I was trying to think if I had a song but I don't oh uh, you've got I was a just friend you've got a friend in me. in me you've got a friend in me when the road looks Rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. Just remember everything we've said. Oh, you've got got a friend friend in me. You just remember what the old man said. Oh, well. (laughs) Everything we said. (laughs) Who's the old man? Remember every single intelligent thing that we said. (laughs) Every single intelligent TV show that we watch. Every single intelligent Instagram website that we reference. <laughs> this has been not without my sister. Once again, I feel like we've really explored the topic of adult friendship, friendship breakdowns, and uh, female bonding in excellent academic detail. We might you say we, I'd say we might get another episode out of it because I think we just have another couple of things we could still. Touch we really on. just skimmed the surface there. There's just so much, so much to talk about. When we first talked about. <laughs> doing an episode about friendship I was very like we should both read Big Friendship by the presenters of and Call I Your Girlfriend said I agree I, and I read it you fucking did not you I liar didn't. you did not <laughs> but I did just finish reading one of your recommendations Margaret Heffernan's oh. The Naked Truth <gasps> have you finished it I'm only at about yeah. 20 what I, I told you to I read Willful Blindness well, give me Willful Blindness and I'll read I that I did next. give it to you you didn't are you sure mm-hmm Okay, well, I'll finish The Naked Truth and then we can talk about that. It gave me grit. brilliant, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is very good. This has been... I already said that. This has been Not Without My Sister. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram. I'm at Rosemary McCabe with an A on my Mac. I'm at Beatrice McCabe with an A in my Mac. And we're also at Not Without My Sister. You can check out the website notwithoutmysis.com because somebody else took Not Without My Sister. <laughs> we'll be we'll be slapping them with a trademark violation takedown. Oh, my God. Soon enough. Disgrace. Shh. Sorry. As the baby would say... <laughs> you can contact us if you want through Instagram. Oh, you can I'd email us not without my sis at gmail.com. I think I can't remember. It's not without my sister, not without my sister. Absolutely my phone. I said it up. Do you know what? You can just you can Instagram website yeah. any of us yeah. anytime you want. You can PM us on the Instagram website. Give us any recommendations for topics. Oh yeah. Please. God, because we're we're really any scraping Q&A? the barrel now. Oh yeah. Yeah, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, because we are going to do a Q&A episode at some stage in the near future. And we'll try to stay on topic. We'll try very, very hard. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you want to take two seconds to rate, review, give us five stars, basically, on Apple Podcasts. That'd be great. Say something nice. We love that. Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity. Sound and original music by Don Kirkland. And our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Not Without My Sister is a member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. As is my podcast, Meet Your Maker. You'll find more great shows at thewarren.ie.